day to all those who served. My dad was in the Korean War, my uncle Charlie was in the Korean War, and my uncle Eddie was in the Vietnam War. So I salute anyone who served, and you should have a great day. We'll talk to Bradley and Colin from Fly North Theatricals about their play A Year with Frog and Toad. Around minute 34, we'll talk Belfast. Around minute 39, The Power of the Dog. Around minute 46, Home Sweet Home Alone. Around minute 49, ciao, Alberto. Around minute 52, Slift's having its, what, second week with Kurt and Brenda Warner in town and after we're over. And then around minute 56, Mayor Pete. In the O'Fallon, Illinois Veterans Day Parade is the Oscar Mayer Wiener Mobile. And they are giving out free hot dogs after the parade. So let's wave the red, white, and blue for free food. I rode the Oscar Mayer Wiener Mobile to a Joan Jett concert. And it was fantastic. Both the ride and the concert itself. So Wow. Hello, well, uh, hello, and we salute all the veterans and the Wienermobile. Yes. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great day because it's all about uh, protecting our, how we get to talk about movies and have our way of life and we get to say whatever we want. And today, I'm not sure if I can say a certain word, but we'll find out because Don't. we are not FCC regulated. But uh, today's going to be, I'm going to have a six degrees of separation day. Today is a great day because I get to see the Lin-Manuel Miranda film, Tick, Tick, Boom, which is the reviews are coming out and it's good. Now, Carl, we were going to see it last night, but then Netflix said, oh no, you, nobody can see it till November 11th. So yeah. here we go. Because it. it's, it's opens in theaters Friday. And we'll be on Netflix November 19th, but we can't review it this week because we haven't seen it. But it's a Lin-Manuel Miranda Day. It's a directorial debut. And as we all know, um, Carl and I are great fans yes. of, of LMM. And even in I'm bringing this up, terms. it's a long about way to introduce our guests, but... Stephen Sondheim is in the film, played by Bradley Whitford. And Bradley Whitler, Whitford, who uh, from the West Wing, he was he was taken aback because Stephen Sondheim didn't know who he was. <laughs> and, and so anyway, um, this great theater company in town called Flying North Theatricals, they had planned to do Sondheim's masterpiece Assassins last year, but as we know what happened, so they're moving it to this year. But today we have the co-founders of Fly North Theatricals, Colin Healy and Bradley Rolfe, and they're gonna talk about their brand new production called A Year with Frog and Toad. And it's part of their free theater for all initiative. And I was there Friday night with all sorts of families and kids who were entranced. And it's just very charming and whimsical and people are going to have a great time. But take it away, guys. Hello, first of all. Hi. Hello. Yes. Uh, hi, I'm Bradley. I'm the managing director of Fly North Theatricals. And in the show that Lynn just mentioned, I play one of the titular characters, Frog. And hi, I'm Colin Healy. I'm the artistic director of Fly North Theatricals and I play the Toad. And it's a stretch because he's grumpy. Um, did you say it's a stretch? Because it's not. I, I, I feel. <laughs> I feel. Being polite. I thought you might correct me. I, no, no, when I we, feel, when I feel we first when we first came up with the idea for the show, we're like, oh, you know, it'd be fun if we did a year with Frog and Toad, and each of us played Frog and Toad, and there was no discussion about who would play who. It was immediately assumed. <laughs> nice. Well, how did you decide on this? Because, you know, it's a play that was on Broadway and nominated for Best Musical. And it was kind of groundbreaking because it was a mainstream children's theater on a Broadway stage. So how did you come up with the, uh, uh, doing this as one of your big things? Okay. Um, no, we, we decided this um kind of well we decided on the show first because we we've always wanted to do a show with our students um we typically 
don't cast ourselves as the leads. We have never done that. And, you know, not sure if we're all going to do it again, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, we, we wanted to do a show with our students. We offer private voice and dance lessons at Fine Art Theatricals as well. Um, and we thought this would be a great opportunity. This show would be a great opportunity to, you know, be goofy on stage with the two of us and also have a ton of roles that we could, uh, you know, showcase our, our awesome student base. Uh, you know, because the original show on Broadway was only done with five people. It's the, it was Frog, Toad, and the Three Birds, and those those three birds play all the other animals in the show. But in the in the you know in the vein of children's theater, you can take all those named roles and expand it to just about as big as you want, and the script allows for that. So yeah, no that that was it, it was it was the show idea first, and then everything else second for sure. Well, it was um, there's a, a snail and a turtle. And I like the snail because Carl, get this, the snail is a postman, is a mailman. Ah, I get it. And it takes him an entire year to deliver a letter from Frog to Toad's house, which is next door. <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't have to uh, make it a stretch that you two are great friends. So it's about friendship and it's really- Wait a Frog and Toad are friends. Yeah. Best what? friends. And it goes through a year where they wake up from hibernation in the spring and then they go swimming in the summer. But Colin's character doesn't like the way he looks in a bathing suit. That's the whole song. Typecast, like I said. (laughs) (laughs) Well, who really does, you know? And then uh, in the fall, they, they try to do a nice thing and rake each other's yards of leaves. And then they get ready for the festivities of the holidays in the winter and they go sledding. And that's really cute how you guys, the beautiful thing about children's theater is your imagination is wide open canvas. So you should, and it's only this weekend, right? It's Friday and Saturday at 7.30 and then Sunday at 2 p.m. But tell us about your fundraising brunch. Our, uh, oh yeah, our fundraising brunch. It's uh, it's our VIP brunch. It uh, happens on closing day of the show. Uh, that's the 14th, that's this Sunday. Um, so in telling you about the brunch, I'll tell you a little bit about our, our Theater for All initiative, which is what we're doing this for. Um, the Theater for All initiative is, is three things. It's a subsidized ticket program that we you know partner with local nonprofits, uh, most recently Big Brothers Big Sisters, where we, uh, use them as sort of a conduit to get tickets out to those who might not be able to afford it, those might not, who might not be able to have access to theater and get free tickets in the hands of people who want to go to theater, but, but can't for particularly a financial reason. Uh, number two, it's, a, it's this show, you know, it's, it's this like a one show a year. Uh, typically it's, it's going to be a children's show, uh, but like it's, it's free to the public. It's a, it's a family, family friendly free show to the public um totally free all the tickets there's no tickets it's just show up see theater be in a room with people and hear stories and number three which is really exciting is um it's like this it's this scholarship program where this year we've been able to offer over ten thousand dollars to um four students from grand center arts academy to get free voice and dance lessons uh every week for the rest of their high school career so and that's been funded which is really cool but none of that is cheap, no. so VIP brunch. <laughs> I, I have to preamble with it because it's it's you know it's it's a hundred dollar minimum donation. It's not it's not necessarily a cheap event to go to. However, if this is money you can you can afford, you can spend. Um, you get your money's worth. It's a our VIP brunch is this weekend. It's the fourteenth. You get um it's a Bailey's uh, breakfast taco bar. That's Bailey's like the restaurant chain here. Uh, mimosas coffee there's live performances at the event uh we're having an open house for our studio uh it's outdoors heated um you know so it's covid covid safe and you also get however many tickets you buy you get those reserved uh for that day's closing production of the year with frog and toad which is you know we've had pretty much full houses every night so the reserved tickets aren't aren't you know worth aren't you don't don't write them off because you, you might need them um so yeah you get all that for a hundred dollar minimum donation and also you know it it definitely definitely helps support this theater for all initiative and that's this 
this Sunday at 11 a.m. And it's at so, your studio. Yes, it's at 30, uh, 3617 Grandel Square, right in the heart of Grand Center. That's where we teach and where we rehearse, and it's it's rad. It's in the backyard, so come on down. You can buy tickets online at flynortheatricals.com slash events, actually. So buy a ticket first, and then come on down. So I, it's really... It's really great what you guys are doing because usually when you have a full-fledged theater show, it costs something. They say, hey, you know, but you guys are just like, come on and see our show. And it's it's rather a novel approach to this. It, it, you really don't hear about this a lot. Well, and, and usually when you do hear about it, it's something like Shakespeare Festival in the park um, or the Muni's free seats. And those are very large institutions which with who do wonderful work i mean higher quality work than we're capable of right now as a small company um and they currently and we're hoping to work that way but they currently have obviously very large corporate donors and other foundations etc we're in the process of exactly so we're we do have uh, some various very generous donors. Um, our budgets are nowhere near as as big as theirs. So, in order to make this particular show happen, you know, running a small theater company, we're already wearing a lot of hats in any production. But in this production in particular, you know, we're in the show, we're producing the show. I'm currently sitting in one of our office studios here. Um, that I'm going to get to vacuuming as soon as we're off this call, because there's a lot of sawdust in here. Cause it's been kind of a temporary scene shop. Uh, and so, you know, all the little things that we would normally be, uh, you know, in our, our standard professional productions where we'd be paying uh, designers and, and laborers to complete those tasks. We've been taking them on ourselves uh, just to, you know, stretch as much, out of this show to give it away for free and raise the attention to our theater for all initiative, hopefully get the kind of attention of folks who write the big checks. I want to add guys think, that. Oh, go oh, ahead. So I want to add that um, just to clarify kind of what we are as a theater company. And um, we, we typically like this season because of COVID, but I think we're just going to keep this in the future. We're producing three shows, right? Our, our season is the school year. So it's like, you know, September to June and the and then I guess the summer as well but we're, we're producing A Year of Frog and Toad, Carolina Change and Assassins and the other two shows are professional shows like Bradley just described you know etc cetera, etc cetera. non-equity professional shows but still professional shows um this isn't that but it is the it's not children's theater I don't like to think it's that it we have a, a small team of professional like um, designers and our director, our, the wonderful Alicia Like, our music director and orchestra director, Jermaine Manor and uh, uh, Jeremy Jacobs from Stages, Sam Hayes from Stages did the costumes. But then it's Bradley and I filling in a bunch of roles that, you know, we're, you know, jacks of all trades, masters of none. <laughs> so I don't really want to call us professional designers. Um, but, and then the kids. So it's this like, it's the nexus of like professional theater, community theater, and children's theater and this like a year with frog and toad sort of sits like this an ottoman in the middle of a pizza right <laughs> you know? well the the frog and toad books by uh oh i just forgot his first name Arnold Robel. yeah lobel okay Arnold well Lobel, yeah. it well one of them won the caldecott medal and the other one won the newberry medal so these are well-known children's books uh carl are you familiar with those the series Frog yes, and uh, Toad. Yes, because you know, when I used to go to Booter Library, there was the 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 posters on the wall that had all of the winners of all these awards. And Frog and Toad are friends is one of the award winners, the Caldecott from 1971. And I remember that seeing it all the time. And I'm sure I read it as a child because I know all about Frog and Toad. Well, his daughter, Adrian who is married to Mark Lynn Baker, the actor, Yes, uh, developed this into a stage play. And that's why Mark Lynn Baker was on Broadway with it back in 2003. So From there's Perfect that. Strangers. Yeah, that's the connection. And he, is in, he was in Succession last year, season two. Uh, anyway. Uh, well, you, can, you can find all this out 
at flynortheatricals.com or go to their Facebook page and then you can see <laughs> you can see a lovely frog in a bathing suit. And toad no, Toad, suit. I'm toad sorry, in a Toad bathing in a bathing suit. suit. Well, you're both toad, in a bathing suit. Um, uh, well, Frog's the more cheerful one, the more perky one. And Toad is, as we said, the grumpier one. But Frog has a way to get the Toad to be happier in life because they're great friends and friendship it's all about being a good friend and it's a great message and especially now when people when we have a lot of issues about behavior it's just well, a really sweet reminder and the kids just loved it you know kids are yes. sitting there with their parents in trance yes colin sorry i don't know go ahead go ahead yeah. my hand. um the uh, i i think it also like it's worth mentioning that this show it it deals with, and I don't mean to be like an actor about this, but it deals with like deeper things than just like, you know, it's friendship. It's like, to, like these, these characters deal with their real anxieties and real like kind of compulsions and all sorts of like, it deals with this like kind of deeper thing that I don't think you get out of a lot of children's shows and this show handles it so tactfully. The way I like to sell it is, and this is not, this is not just a sales job, it's true. Like it, there's not one cheesy joke in this show. Like every single laugh is earned by the script. Like it, and it's all based in like really real feelings as opposed to just like slapstick, like ha ha, he farted, he fell down type. Like, and, and you can get a laugh out of an audience of children like that without an issue, that's fine. But this script doesn't do any of that. And that's probably why one, the books are so beloved and two, it was on Broadway and was nominated for Best Musical, despite the fact that it's an 85 minute long show. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. do you also want to talk about your uh, fellow cast members, the kids? Oh, yes. Um, sorry, Bradley, I'm going to take this one because these, these are- Go these for are, it. Well, yeah, you're, you're, yeah you're, you're the one who who's their vocal coach as well. So take it away, man. Um, yeah, so th these kids uh, come from a wide variety of backgrounds uh, all over the St. Louis um, metro area. Um, from as close as Grand Center Arts Academy and as far away as I think Fox High School is the farthest. Um, the, in Arnold. In Arnold, yeah. Um, and they all they all come in to rehearse and they all come in and they all take voice lessons weekly uh, at Fly North Theatricals as well. Um, some of them are on the Theater for All scholarship, some aren't. Um, it's a it's a really like a plurality of, of backgrounds, which is great. Um, secondly, they're and more importantly, they're all incredibly awesome and um, they're all trained and have training outside of Fly North. Like they, they, like I said, one's at Grand Center Arts Academy. So they get training there. A lot of them are COCA kids. Some of them go to GCPA and get dance training and acting training. And so like, honestly, I like, so I haven't been on a stage uh, in a musical at least in six years. Um, and, and, and I'm 31. So that's a, that's a good chunk of my life thus far, <laughs> uh, a factor almost. Um, and, uh, and like these kids, uh, outperform me at just about every turn. And I'm, I'm so proud of them. And I'm, I'm, I'm honored to be on a stage with them. And every time those lights come up, I'm just like, I hope I can keep up with these, with these youngins, you know, cause most of the time I can't, uh, uh, Bradley and I have a, a, a pas de deux, a, a little, a little rake dance, <laughs> um, when we're, when we're raking leaves. And it's like every, almost every one of these students has been like training in ballet and modern and tap and whatever, since they've been like, a, you know, a fetus. And I'm like embarrassed. One of my students, uh, who I, who I won't name cause he's, you know, a kid, but like, he's, he's this incredible dancer and, you know, he's out there, he's watching us during rehearsal. And I'm like, this kid is judging me so hard i was so <laughs> embarrassed and it's like this boy is 16. why should i care what he thinks but i do <laughs> and that's the energy it's well it's good you feed off that energy by the way you can donate to their program uh anytime so go to their website like you don't have to go to the brunch you can just go and if you get 20 dollars, you can still donate and then also i wanted to mention that Colin is a composer and he wrote last year we had him on the show when they did the virtual for for Gatonia but his his uh huge success was Madam which was at the Bluff City Theater and also here uh before we had the big shutdown but uh, they have they formed 
Flying North Theatricals in 2019, Bradley and Colin, after their big success at the, was it the 2018 Fringe? That's the St. Louis Fringe. They did Colin's original musical, The Gringo, which is the big uh, record breaker of all Fringe shows in St. Louis. So that's really key. But you guys have a knack for drawing really good talent. And even if it's raw, you still have something to work with. So how did you two come together and say, hey, let's get our own group together? How did that happen? How did you go from Madam to Children's Theater? Sure, <laughs> sure. Well, I'll, I'll, I'd like to, to tell that story a little bit. Yeah, and thanks for bringing that up, Lynn. And as a theater company, you know, we've got a handful of prongs. We've got the educational side with these private voice and dance lessons. Um, and then the production side, which as you can see with our current season, we're doing a handful of licensed works. The only reason we have three licensed works in a row is because of rescheduling due to the pandemic. As Lynn mentioned, we were originally going to produce Sondheim's Assassins in you know the middle of the 2020 election. Um, and of course that didn't happen. And, uh, but our goal was always to produce uh, original works and uh, licensed works. And a lot of that's been built on Colin's repertoire as a composer. Uh, so we are, um, like I said, the licensed works are only, we're doing so many because of that scheduling. Um, but Fly North's mission is all about new works. And we believe in, the city of St. Louis, Lynn, you mentioned, you know, a knack for finding talent. Uh, you know, we have some great connections we've each made over the years, but really the city of St. Louis is at no lack of wonderful talent in the performing arts space. And, you know, part of why, part of what we're building here at Fly North is not just, it started initially as a vehicle to like Collins, like I've got a musical I want to produce. And well, the best way to get it produced is just to do it yourself. Um, and so that's kind of the genesis there. But as we're building this company, we believe in St. Louis as a hub for developing new works. And we know there's a lot of other companies who do new play festivals here in town. Audiences here in St. Louis have an appetite for new works, as we've seen with the ticket sales at the fringe production of the gringo. And as we've seen for the ticket sales of Madam, um, and as we saw, even as with the enthusiasm before got Tonya that we produced over the pandemic, uh, which is still available to watch on our YouTube page. So if you are not local to St. Louis, can't catch one of our shows, uh, find Fly North Theatricals on YouTube. There's a full theatrically staged film production of an original musical that you can watch anytime for free there. Wow. And it's, and it's worth mentioning, if you want to see it live, Bluff City Theater is producing it in um, May of 2022, environmentally too. So it, it's going to be kind of cool. Well, very good. And that's in Hannibal and you can have a great, uh, great weekend trip. And Colin, you're still connected to Bluff City Theater, correct? Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm still their resident music director. Um, because of the pandemic, I don't really know what that looks like. But typically they produce one musical a year and their whole thing. And the reason I'm so kind of attracted to what they're doing up there um, is uh, because they produce new work. Um, Joe Anderson, who's their AD up there, like he only does American debuts and uh, for musical theater, that's, you know, outside of the Broadway kind of track, that's kind of rare. And, and it's, it's really cool what he's doing and the quality of work and the quality of talent that he gets up there is really, really wonderful. I'm honored that, you know, he's now doing a second one of my shows. I mean, I guess for Atonia isn't an American debut anymore, which I guess sort of violates the mission a little bit, but <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's, it's something. Don't yeah, tell right? him. <laughs> well, um, Colin, Col, uh, Carl, Colin used to be a rock singer, and he's from Flo uh, Florida, hence the Fly North. And uh, he also uh, came to town, and you made an immediate impression. And now you are okay. So you were at SLU as an artist, and where are you now as? Uh, one of the resident artists. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So I did my I did a residency at St. Louis uh, University last year, um, and we created a cast album called "Seeing Other People." That's available on their website and will eventually be available on streaming stuff. Stay tuned for that. Um, and uh, but this year I'm at Coca, which I've, I've been at Coca. That was the job I took when I first moved to St. Louis in 2015. 
And um, that's where we produced, where we got the workshop for the gringo off the ground and for Madam for that matter. Um, we've always had students involved in these productions and that's really, really cool. However, um, last year during the pandemic, COCA started this program called COCA Rights, which is a um, brand new, new works incubator for students and professional artists. And it's kind of like a play festival where the headliner is the professional artist's new work. And then all the rest of the students get to do some cool stuff. Last year, they did a play called Suffer the Children. And it was, it was fantastic. It was really cool. Um, but now this is the first time they're hosting a musical artist in residence, which is me. And I'm writing a show called The Butterfly Room, which is a um, musical theater retelling of some of the kind of less than savory events that happened in the 20s in New Jersey surrounding uh, the introduction of leaded gasoline into America, um, which is like, yeah, it's wild. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's about, yeah, it's about uh, the, the, the factory workers. And uh, I like to say it's like, it's like Newsies meets Matilda meets Radium Girls. <laughs> it's a, it's okay. A little, it's a little I'm intrigued. There, but, uh, I'm intrigued. Well, I really enjoyed okay. Madam and the Gringo and Forgotonia. So I recommend it. Now, Bradley, I met uh, because he was involved in Arts for Life, which is our community theater branch in St. Louis. And he is an award nominee for acting in musicals. And so Bradley, tell us about your background. Sure. And, and the funny thing about that nomination, that was my my last role on stage before the pandemic, uh, where I also played a frog. Uh, I was Mr. Bungie in A New Brain. So I guess we're getting a little typecast here. But uh, yeah, my, my background, I grew up in, in St. Louis. I went to Pattonville High School. That's the answer to the question. And uh, it wasn't really until I did a little bit of I did a little bit of college, didn't really study much uh, theatrically there, uh, had kind of an on again, off again relationship with higher education. Uh, but it was a few years into just kind of hanging out and working. I got a call from a guy that I was uh, going to high school with uh, back in the day, you know, and he's like, hey, it's been a while. I don't know if you're still in that theater stuff or not. Uh, but I'm in a community theater production of Les Mis, and we need an extra guy. And my first thought was community theater, Les Mis, that's ambitious. But my second thought was, well, my evenings are free. Uh, and that's really how I got into the St. Louis theater community. And that production of Les Mis in 2013, there were so many people that, you know, like that initially like built out my network. And even one of my cast members in that show eventually connected me with Colin. Uh, so I just, you know, from there it was, hey, I love this community, and I continued to audition for shows here and there. I would see a lot of shows because all the friends that I was in that show with, they would do shows. I'm like, hey, they're like, you need, we need ushers. So I would show up and I would hand out programs and see a show for free, and then you start to meet other people who are producing things. And over time, I just kept showing up and kept showing up. And, you know, so then I acted in various shows. I stage managed for various shows. Uh, and then one of the friends from that production that I first did was like, hey, I know this guy who is doing a staged reading of a new musical he wrote, and I think you should audition for it. And I said, well, that sounds really, really cool. I'm also a songwriter, and, and I'm kind of interested in making a musical and I'd like to see what that looks like from the production side. Do you think he needs a production assistant? And she's like, well, actually you guys would probably be best friends. So let me, you know, exchange your emails. And, and we met over a couple beers and like dreamed a little. And uh, you know, that was the uh, workshop of the gringo. And then when that, you know, bit of ambition caught a little caught fire in the city and got selected for the fringe festival, Colin said, hey, we worked together before. You want to keep working together. Um, and then since that production, we've kind of kept working together. So, I mean, I, I say this, and, and this this comes from, obviously, I have certain levels of privilege. You know, like, I'm one just, like, in community theater, being a guy who sings, like, I've gotten phone calls, right? Um, you know, there's there's the competition isn't always as fierce um, at that level. But, you know, anyone who ever asked me for advice in the theater, I really just say keep showing up um, because that's the only reason I'm where I'm at. Aha. Uh -huh. Well, I really enjoyed you in A New Brain as the Frog. And I will say yesterday, 
we're gonna segue onto things. But I really got to mention Caroline or Change is a musical that's fantastic, and they're doing it this. Uh, is it March? It's March, and I, I don't want to. I don't want to like. I know you need to blow past this, but I want to like put a punctuation on this for your listeners. That cast is out of this effing world. I'm not sure if you can say that on here, um, but the it is it is insane the talent we have for that. Durant's Blaylock, who starred in Antigone and Ferguson, is is our Caroline. Um, uh, Dwayne Martin Foster, who was like considered for this role on Broadway. Ended up getting bested by Chuck Cooper, unfortunately. But like, not that Chuck Cooper's not awesome because he is. But Dwayne is like a treasure in our community, and he's playing our bus and dryer. And the rest of the cast is just as awesome. And like, it's going to be awesome. It opens March fourth, twenty twenty-two, at the Grandel. It's our debut at the Grandel too. And you can see the cast on your website, so that's there. But it is a musical that hardly anybody does in St. Louis. So I applaud you for that and uh, mark your calendar all their dates are on their website so mark your calendar i will have my review of a year with frog and toad up later today oh boy and so if you don't (laughs) but i i encourage well i encourage everybody to go sign up and and uh go to it and who cares you know it doesn't matter what i say go see it whatever good you know but uh, so uh, we really appreciate you guys being on. And if you want to talk all the uh, goofy stuff we're going to talk about today, it's fine. Um, the well, uh, first mention mention their website again, flynorttheatricals.com or check out their YouTube page or their Facebook page. And show up at the Marcel, which is on Sham, uh, Sam Shepard Boulevard uh, Drive in uh, Grand Center. And uh, you have to show your Vax card and your ID. So just warn the Kranzberg Arts Foundation people will be there to check you in. But there's that no only, ticket. That applies to kids over 12. I've gotten a lot over of Over 12, questions. okay. Yeah. And because uh, I was going to say with the kids, it, yeah. it's not a. We, we strongly encourage that, that kids, if they've been symptomatic in the last two weeks, get tested. But if they've been fine, then cool. The audience stays masked. It's all good. Well, apparently in the city, there's lots of lines to get the to get the vax for the kids. So, yeah, it, that'll be rolling out. Anyway, yesterday was the anniversary of Sesame Street debut, 1969. And yes. I, I actually thought since I knew you were going to be on Bradley, I thought of you being in a new brain as the frog. But Carl and I saw a documentary recently that is called Street Gang, How We Got to Sesame Street. And it's fantastic. Yes. And I, I looked it up beforehand because I wanted to see where people could find it. You can rent it on Apple TV for $1.99. As you so, should. As you should. Well, listen, thank you, Bradley. And thank you, uh, Colin, for Colin. being on, and I hope to see you before Carolina change, and also Assassins, and uh, break a leg. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Check those guys out, and see theater for free. Woo! So, Lynn, I saw nothing this week. It, I Everything is going to be on your shoulders, because I saw not a dang thing. Because well, I, I saw a ton of stuff, so we'll get right good. to it. All right, we go will ahead. get right to what I can talk about because there's certain things I saw that I can't. All right, what do you want to start? Okay, I'm going to start with Belfast because that is one of the uh, big movies of the year. I don't think yes. it's the best movie of the year, but it's going to be in consideration for top 10. And it is Kenneth Branagh's memory piece about his childhood. This movie is uh, set in 1969. It is seen through the eyes of a, a cute little kid called Buddy. And that is Kenneth Branagh in his childhood. Okay. And one day he comes home. Uh, he lives in a neighborhood in Northern Ireland, Ireland's Belfast 
and he hears this commotion and it's rioters and that is the beginning of the troubles as they say that is the war between or the conflict it was never a war the conflict between the catholics and the protestants in northern ireland and right. belfast is one of those words that we heard from it was a 30 year old war basically and they have a tight-knit community so the catholic homes are targeted and there's a car bomb and this little kid is seeing everything in through his eyes and his mother is katrina balf who will be nominated for all the year-end awards and she is married to jamie dornan from the shades 50 shades movies yes. And he's the dad <clears throat> and he works in London. So he only comes home every two weeks. His parents or the grandparents played by Judy Dench and Kieran Hines, two of our great actors. And they're wonderful. They're loving, they're kind, they're wise. They're everything you want your grandparents to be. And <clears throat> The mom and the dad, they squabble because they're struggling with finances. And then the kids are kind of in danger. Everybody's put in danger because even though they're Protestants, they're not really on board with getting involved. Right. So they're forced, they're, they're sort of forced to take sides and they don't want to do that. So that's the whole conflict because it's it's similar to Fiddler on the Roof in terms of Anatevka. They all get okay. pushed out and they have to go away. So this is Kenneth Branagh's semi-autobiographical story. And it's from his life, but it's also fictionalized. And he wrote and directed it. And as you know, he is a revered actor, not multi-nominations. And he's directed uh, some really great work and he's well, known he, for, he does popcorn movies and he does prestige film right because he was known for henry the fifth his interpretation and then he did hamlet and and then he's done the the live action cinderella that we love so much well he did cinderella he did murder he's you know hercule perot and he's he's done marvel movies that's right and he was in the awful tenor but we won't go there so yeah. he is not seen but his presence is felt and this jude hill that plays buddy is just a delight and it shows the family being normal like they go see chitty chitty bang bang at the movie theater this is beautifully shot in black and white mostly there are scenes of color but it's mostly black and white because it's a memory piece and there are uh there's a soundtrack by van morrison Okay. And uh, so the components of the film are very good. I'm not sure because these are snapshots of his memories and people. There's not much time for character development. You're getting our, our, our real emotional depth. You're getting a kid's view of this whole thing. If you want to know about the troubles, you're going to have to look it up because he doesn't explain anything. Well, because he was a kid at the time. He didn't know anything. Right. So it's the eyes of a child, but it's very well done and it's very um, captivating in terms of the family. It's all about your family unit and the and the love of it. And there are parts that you'll tear up and there's parts that just make you smile with recognition. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that. Now, are you allowed to talk about your uh, trip west? or the I movie am. that you saw there i am i saw power the power of the dog which is uh, opens in theaters wednesday november 17th and then it's going to be on netflix starting december 1st and netflix wanted us to have access to benedict cumberbatch jesse plemons kirsten dunst and cody smith mcphee who are yeah. the main cast members and as well as the director, Jane Campion, 
who is known for being the second woman nominated for Best Director. And she did win an Oscar for the screenplay to The Piano. She's been working in Australian TV. They shot this movie in New Zealand. It's based on a book by Thomas Savage called The Power of the Dog, which is a biblical passage, which I didn't know it's from Psalms. And it is one of those where you have to talk about it for several hours because it's so nuanced. It has so much subtext. Benedict Cumberbatch, as he said in the press conference, he had to learn how to be an asshole. I think I can say that. If not, we put out. Okay. And we all laughed. Because this is an unusual role for him, because usually he plays noble and get conflicted people, but he is the cause of the conflict and the chaos. He is very arrogant. It's set in 1925 on a ranch in Montana, and they're very isolated. And he is the brother to Jesse Plemons, and they are from the East Coast. Their parents were highfalutin society and moved to the West, and the boys went to Yale. So they're both Yale, but Jesse Plemons dropped out. He is the quiet, gentle one. And Benedict is the uh, place, Phil Burbank. He is the arrogant, blustery, cruel man. He's very cruel. And he's the source of a lot of chaos. And, and Jesse's character, George, puts up with it. But he also kind of runs everything because they're we're, we see them as they're taking cattle to market. And they stop at this road, uh, this roadhouse called the Red Mill. And that's where Kirsten Dunst is the cook and serving. And her effeminate son, played by Cody McPhee, Cody yeah. Smith McPhee is right. helping to serve and he's very sensitive and he's an artist but like his late father he's studying to be a doctor and Phil is unusually cruel to him and she starts crying and George uh, is attracted to her and George will eventually marry Rose and he just announces it to Phil that he's married this woman and she comes into their life and they all live in the same house and Phil resents her very much. She is driven to drink by Phil's cruelness. And so that's the whole thing about how she's just uh, finds solace in the bottle. In the meantime, this is a very heavy movie. It sounds like it is, it is. And, uh, I just, you keep, you're on edge the whole time thinking horrible things are going to happen because Phil is so mean and uh, you don't understand his motives. And I can't say much about uh, the stuff that transpires, but you are put on edge because you're like, what's he going to do? Because he's just an awful human being. And you see how Rose uh, and Kirsten Dunst, she and Jesse Plemons are married. And so they play this sweet married couple. And uh, it's very interesting. The more we talked, because at first we were like, what did we just see? To be honest with you, we were. And then as we started talking about it, because I was with Max Foise, who's going to talk about it on his KTRS show that you were on called Max on Movies, and Dan Buffa. We are all in the Critics' Choice Association, uh, and therefore that's why we were uh, be we were able to access them. We had a press conference, and they all talked about their characters and uh, what it was about. And what was so funny was because it's a ranch. Like Benedict Cumberbatch had to learn how to play the banjo. He had to learn how yeah. to ride. Jesse Clemens from Texas, because he's in Friday Night Lights. He, uh, apparently his dad's a cowboy and he learned how to ride as a kid. So he's an accomplished rider, but he was laughing because he had a plow horse to ride and they're not used to people. And so he had his issues there, but they started with Cody Fit McGee. I mean, Cody Smith McPhee. Why do I mess that up? The kid from the road and yeah. from Paranormal. And uh, he's a brilliant young actor, very quiet. But, and then Jesse's exactly what you think he's going to be. 
And then Kirsten, I had to learn how to play piano. So the first question from the moderator was, what did you have to learn? So they're going down the row and then they get to Benedict and he gets to the microphone and says, I had to learn how to be an asshole. Nice. And we all laughed because he said he's a people person, but we all laughed because it's a very American role. Like he has an American accent. So it's very unusual and it's very different. And I don't know how mainstream this film is going to be, but it's going to be an awards nomination mag for particularly for the cinematography is really well it's the wide open spaces of montana and it's a changing world because you see a car and you Ah. see uh, you they have indoor plumbing in their house and it's the colonization i suppose of the west the the pioneers but there's a lot of subtext there's a little of thread of homoeroticism if i must say that going on so you have to watch it and pay attention and after the end you begin to put together the clues you go back through the film and you the clues are there you just got to recognize so right yeah so that's what i'm going to say about that that's all you gotta say all right so now let's talk about Something that I'm dreading seeing, Home Sweet Home Alone on Disney+. Plus. Oh, it's awful. It's awful. <laughs> this is a reboot of sorts. It's a reimagining of the 1990 classic, which doesn't need reimagining. No, I remember seeing the original Home Alone in Minneapolis. My sister and I were up visiting my grandmother and... It was Christmas time and we saw went to go see she my grandmother said, um, you kids go out, take the car because we were both old enough to drive and go see a movie. And we went and we saw Home Alone. And I remember seeing it in Minneapolis. It was genuinely funny. This is over the top slapstick. It's very sticky, sweet sentimentality. And it is really stupid uh (laughs) the kids are obnoxious and it even has the jojo rabbit kid archie yates who was so good in that he plays a kid they think has stolen an heirloom and because they have an open house uh the parents are rob delaney and ellie kemper st louis's own okay and they're trying to sell their house because he's out of work and and uh they're having money issues and they don't want to tell the kids they put the house up for sale keenan thompson is the realtor so they're all doing this open house and they have this doll that is apparently worth two hundred thousand dollars and they don't know this till later and that's what they figure they'll sell it and then they can pay their mortgage and et cetera et cetera but they think this bratty kid played by archie yates has um has stolen it and they attempt to find it back he gets he's the one that's left home alone because all his relatives have jetted off to japan and that includes pete holmes as an uncle chris parnell as an uncle his mom is aceling b and i don't know who she is but maybe she's in something and uh so they discover that the kid has been left home alone but the these parents are going to break into the house and try to steal the doll back and he does your typical what macaulay culkin did to daniel stern and uh and they even have a kid do that another kid does the the face okay but not him no no and then also um they use john hughes's music not John Hughes's music, John Williams's music. They okay. got permission to use that, like somewhere in my memory. And right. they have Darlene Loves uh, Christmas, Baby, Please Come Home at the end for the end credits. But okay. I almost turned it off midway. The ble- the the good thing is it's uh, it's an hour and a half. And at 45 minutes, I was like, maybe I should just let this go. And then I thought, kids, no, it's right. Really- what? It's for kids. It is for kids, but it's but it dumbs it down. Like like Colin was saying about Frog and Toad, you know, gentle and nice messages and everything. This is just stupid. 
And uh, the only good thing was Pixar has released a short called Ciao Alberto, which is a follow-up to Luca. It yeah. has Luca played by, you know, one of my, one of my uh, uh, child actors that I feel very maternal about, uh, Jacob Tremblay. And he's writing the letter to Alberto, who is the Jack Dylan Stanley. Uh, and he's, he stayed in Italy. Jack, and Jack Dylan Grazer. Yeah. That's Jack it. Dylan Grazer. Yeah, because Dylan Stanley's our buddy. Dylan <laughs> Frazier yes. is our is Jack our, uh, Dylan Grazer. Yeah. yeah. And so he um is helping Massimo, the big burly one-armed fisherman, out. Yeah. But he causes all this chaos. And the cat is Machiavelli, and the cat plays into it. And and it's so it's a nice little relationship. Well, that's the Pixar short that Disney's releasing the same day. This goes on Disney Plus November 12th, and so does the Pixar short. Well, because it's Disney Day. Disney, it's Disney Plus Day. Disney Plus, it's the anniversary, it's the two-year anniversary of Disney Plus. That's why all of these things are coming out this day. So Disney Plus Day is November 12th. Okay. Well, they've had a great year, by the way. And uh, I'm I'm very sorry that uh, it's come to this, but you know I the, but, the so, squirrel like movie you like the squirrel movies way better. The, what was really? that called? You know the, the one squirrel? with the flying squirrel. Wait, oh, the, did the pick the Pixar short? No, the movie on Disney Plus about the flying squirrel and the girl and the oh yeah oh i forgot about that one that's bet that's way better than this well no, no it, you're saying ciao alberto is worth watching though oh yeah definitely definitely tune that in because it's delightful oh, um, and it's uh ulysses the ulysses and oh what the heck was the name of that movie it had allison hannigan as the mom was it was it florence and florence and, and ulysses it's something with the flow, I think. Oh, well. Well, um, moving on, I, I highly recommend uh, other things on Disney Plus, but not that. Well, Luca is my number two animated film, feature film next to Mitchell's versus the Machines for the Mitchell's year. Versus Machines is, is the best movie of the year so far, still. Still. So it's Flora, um, Flora and Ulysses. All right. Flora well, and Ulysses was the horrible movie. Mitchell's versus the Machines is still the best animated, if not best, film of the year so far. Still. Well, Sliff is going on, and I had quite the experience Monday night. I got to talk to Kurt and Brenda Warner, which I'll have to save because the movie review is uh, embargoed until November 17th. Well, However, the movie comes out on Christmas Day. Right. And uh, Kurt and Brenda uh, had a Q&A following the movie at the Tivoli. The movie uh, received a standing ovation from the crowd. And then when the Warners came in for their Q&A, they received a standing ovation because who doesn't love them? And they right. still do charity work. And so we will, um, I'll get to talk more about my interview with them. They're just everything you think they are. They're gracious, they're humble, they're polite, they're... Uh, very grateful for every opportunity they've had and well, they're really committed to giving back and they're just nice decent people who and uh, if it wasn't for them if it wasn't for kurt and brenda this movie would not be at slip no and uh it's uh i can't say anything so i better shut up but okay. stuff is going on and this Saturday is a movie called After We're Over. It's a romance and it's set in St. Louis. It I has know. Lots of I, I'm going to watch it this weekend. And I, I'm sorry that I didn't get to see it beforehand. And I and they keep saying, have you seen it yet? Do you want to talk to somebody? I'm like, I, I'm going to see it, but I just have not had time this week. Well, I finally watched it uh, last night. And uh, it is, uh, it's a good romance. Uh, it's beautifully shot. And it's not just the arch. You know, we're going to see good. a lot of youth city. We're going to see the Mo uh, Missouri Botanical Garden. Uh, the girl, uh, Adrian Rose White, she's going to be a star. Uh, she's very good. And good. Uh, she plays an activist. 
And then he is an artist. His, uh, the actor is Chris Malika, and he uh, is a troubled artist, as they all tend to be. And he they all moves, are troubled artists. Yeah, they, uh, he moves back to Long Island, where he's from, and breaks her heart. And a year later, she gets a call from him, like, hey, I'm in St. Louis. You want to, you know, you want to uh, meet? And she's horrified to hear from him. But then she does, she goes, and then they spend the day together and they're running around St. Louis all day and night. And they, um, uh, the, the movie's a lot of flashbacks, a lot of images from their romance. So it's very interesting. It's back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I'm not sure it all works because if you're, you're rooting for them, so, and I can't really spoil anything, but it's worth seeing because it's very well made. The director is Nate Myers. He is a Kirkwood native. He went to USC for film school and he's been in LA for more than 10 years. And he has worked on a lot of TV shows, including Mad Men. And so he wrote and directed this. And it's not, I was trying to find out if it's anywhere else, but it's at the film festival Saturday at 3.30. A lot of his teachers are going to be there. Uh, it's a big hometown pride thing. So if you can go to the Tivoli 2 on Saturday at 3.30, you'll be able to see this movie, which is only 80 minutes. Carl, well, only one more movie that's out this week. Did you get to see Mayor Pete? I did. I did highly recommend it. It is on Amazon Prime, November 12th. Uh, we know Pete's story. So yes. you're not going to get anything new from him, but he is a fascinating human being. But you find out more from his husband, Chastin Buttigieg, which is very interesting. He's a former junior high teacher and he's really, they're very active about promoting children to be who you are. Yeah. You know, not that, and that, and which is really great. And then the behind the scenes of his campaign for president, he's got a, this great uh, communications director named Lisbeth, and she just speaks her mind. And then his campaign manager is a guy he went to high school with. And so it shows him being mayor of South Bend and then on the campaign trail. And uh, when he drops out of the race, uh, he did win the Iowa caucuses and came in second in New Hampshire. They both get calls from Jill Biden and Joe Biden and talking. And then at the end, it says about how he's the secretary of transportation. He is the youngest cabinet member and he is the first LGBTQ uh, person open, open LGBTQ right. in the cabinet. Are you saying that there were some closeted politicians? I don't believe you. Oh, Hello you know hello uh, but it's very well made it's by uh oh god it's by the guy that directed uh voice state jesse oh, okay Moss. wow yeah. a year ago yeah so, so um he, it's he, good he stopped it, his it, documentary it, it, a year ago and then kept going good for you jesse yeah. moss no time off for you yeah no but it's it's really interesting and if you were fascinated by him because i think he's he's you know so well spoken he's very um calm when they're practicing him for the debates and their things and you know they're being honest with him and he's just taking it he doesn't get ruffled it's amazing That's quality to have and he was mayor for two years he's a harvard grad he went to oxford he was a Rhodes scholar he's a Afghanistan veteran. Yes. So he's what got more a lot to ask for. Yeah. All right. And on Lynn, Veterans Day. So hey. that's good. Hey, happy Veterans Day again. You can find me on the Twitters and the Instagram. I will be posting a, an Instagram and a Twitter tonight because I have a hockey game. You can find me at underscore Carl the intern. You can hear me Monday through Friday on the Mark Cox Morning Show and weekends on the Second Amendment and Great Outdoors show on 97.1 and KMOX. And you can hear me on the Maxwell Movies podcast. Lynn, where are you? I'm in the Webster Kirkwood Times, and I'm doing the Warner interview for them. 
and I am on KTRS radio every Thursday in the 10 p.m. hour right after the news with Ray Hartman. And then I, I have my website, poplifestl.com, which is the parent of our podcast here, which you can find on our website, on the Facebook page, and on Ron Stevens is on stl.com and other places. And I am also a certified uh, critic on Rotten Tomatoes. And uh, because I posted my Eternals review, it has 1,300 hits. Wow. So the power of RT and the power of Marvel movies. Well, plug plug the podcast and then we'll get more people watching. Yeah. Put it put I mean, it in your article. Well, I do because it has it has it, you know they allow you to have certain outlets. So Webster Kirkwood Times, KTRS, and poplifestl.com presents. So so therefore, that's cool. Well, next week, we're going to have a lot of good movies that we hope we're going to have Tick, Tick, Boom, and we're going to have uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. And that one I'll be seeing. And then we haven't seen Red Notice yet, but that starts on Netflix uh, November 12th with Gal Gadot, uh, The Rock, and Ryan Reynolds. Well, we'll see everyone there. Have a good weekend. It's going to be starting to get cold. It's not, It's November. Yeah, we'll go to the film festival and support it because, oh, there's master classes also virtually and in person. And Carl, there's an animator that's going to be in one on uh, Saturday. So you should look that up. I think I'm going to. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye bye.